0: Join the show by calling into 435 752 1069 or text 435 339
1: 0321. It's the full court press. Oh, t- yes! yes. Touchdown! I did he get it! Hello everyone, Jason Walker with you here as we begin hour two of the full court press. Eric Franson is out today, he's got a cough that he's dealing with, he was dealing with it on Monday for the short segment we had, he was dealing with it yesterday for the uh, entire show that we had, but we've been talking a lot about Utah State, The pretty much entirely Utah State's. 75-71 win over UNLV that was pretty much the entirety of the first hour talked a little bit about you know Mountain West some other games the standings how they look right now where teams are sitting in terms of some momentum for some teams some teams really struggling like UNLV and Wyoming others making a bit of a surge like Boise State Air Force you know in just various different ways If you want to chime in, you can text uh, 435-339-0321. We've already had some great participation here, so thanks so much for chiming in. You can keep texting in. Uh, We're going to transition a little bit to uh, high school basketball kind of at the start of this hour because there were some exciting games last night, and there's one that I want to walk you through. We'll even play some sound from the broadcast that we had. The replays for all of last night's high school basketball games Are available on cashvalleydaily.com and also on the kind of YouTube channels that we've begun streaming these games onto. You can go subscribe to those channels. Of course, like I said, you can get to those channels on cashvalleydaily.com. There's links in kind of an embed of those videos. So I mentioned, you know, at the very beginning of the show, I, I mentioned this fact, but last Thursday when the first set of games for Region Eleven boys basketball happened. None of them were particularly exciting in the second half. Ridgeline had a bit of a comeback over Green Canyon, where they were down like 17-9 to 9 in the second quarter. They ended up going, Ridgeline ended up going up like 31-24 at halftime. So even by halftime, that wasn't even particularly close. And then Ridgeline ended up beating Green Canyon by nearly 20 points. Skyview beat down on Bear River, and then Logan kind of gave a bit of a beat down to Mountain Crest. So not particularly exciting games toward the end, or even for much of the game, usually beyond the second quarter. The closest any of those games got was Mountain Crest was kind of hanging around with Logan for a while, and as I said, Green Canyon had a bit of a lead on Ridgeline. But those games weren't as exciting. But as I said again at the beginning of the show, all three of last night's games were at some point in the fourth quarter within five points two of them were within like a possession in the last minute of the game so these were these were very tight games toward the end one of them went to double overtime and that's the one i'll be walking you through but let's let's go over a couple of these games and if you want to see you know the scores if you want to find the replays of these games they are available on cashvalleydaily.com you can find our Region Eleven scoreboard, and heck, I'll be referencing that as I go through these these uh, scores to uh, just kind of update uh, update you on what happened last night. Well, assuming I can find the scoreboard article, it's pinned on the front page, but I went to the wrong page to find it. So you had. Uh, Skyview beating Logan, and this was the one that wasn't as close, at least by the end. This was the largest margin of victory of you know, it was 10 points. Jordan Child had 21 points to help lead Logan in this one. Uh, at one point at halftime, Skyview had a 39-23 lead. They were running away with this, 16-point lead at the Grizzly Den. And then in the fourth quarter, with about four minutes left or so, Logan got it to within four points, 54-50. to Logan gave themselves a chance in this one. They really did. But then Skyview, they're just really good. Tanner Davis had 15. And uh, Brooks Rigby, who was actually, he was given the McDonald's Player of the Game Award. There's Player of the the Game awards given out to players on on both teams in these in these broadcasts. So Skyview was Brooks Rigby. He had 12 points. wasn't leading score, but he was the guy who obviously had a big impact in that game. Skyview doesn't really have like big st- individual statistical guys. They've not really had very many nominees for Player of the Week, but they're clearly the best team. Even, you know, they had a couple of guys getting into double digits. I think two or three guys get double-digit scoring. But Skyview very much a good team, good defensive team, and a solid team offensively. And Tanner Davis will usually be your leading scorer, but he's usually not getting much more than 12, 15 points. Whereas other teams in both girls' and boys' basketball will have like their 120-point-per-game score. Right now, Jordan Child's been doing that, where like four of the last five games, it's felt like he's had 20 points, even in losing efforts. So Skyview topping Logan in that game, in Logan, they beat him 62-52. to Another game, Ridgeline against Bear River. Ridgeline was comfortably ahead in this game for most of that second half, where you know, they're usually around a five-point lead. And But even in the last minute, it was like 53-48. Bear River brings the ball down the court, and unfortunately they turned it over on the baseline with like 50 seconds left. And that kind of killed Bear River's last chance of a comeback. Because then Ridgeline went up a little bit more, and Bear River, you know, instead of being able to cut it to one possession, after turning it over on that one, they were only bringing it back to a two-possession game. So Barry Ever, unfortunately, couldn't quite you know, get within you know, real striking distance of, of Ridgeline in that game. Kyver Jensen continuing his good run of play with 20 points. Luke Sorensen, the now reigning player of the week, the Cash Valley Media Group player of the week, uh, he had 14 points and like 10 rebounds, I believe. So he, he had a solid game, not a super high-scoring game, but a solid double-double for him. excuse me, now I'm starting to cough. I had just gotten over my cough. Eric's just getting into his. So whenever I have a suspicious pause, it's usually because I'm coughing or taking a drink of water here. But the other game in region, this is the one I wanted to go over. Mountain Crest at Green Canyon. And this was an exciting game. Great game, just overall. It went to double overtime. You know, between these these are two teams. They're they're toward the bottom of the table. You know, you've got Skyview up there dominating. You've got Ridgeline who's trying to usurp Skyview. You've got Logan who's just trying to punch above their weight. You know, they're they're clearly above. You know, some of the lower teams in Region Eleven, but they're struggling to. You know, they they you know they lose by ten to Skyview, so they're struggling to beat the better teams. But Green Canyon and Mountain Crest, two teams that have been up and down. You now Mountain Crest's been really up and down. Green Canyon been sort of down. They've got talented kids, but they've struggled to put it together. Even though they were going toe to toe with Ridgeline for a little bit, and they were, you know, leading Mountain Crest at times. You know, they tried their best to win this game. And it was very exciting with buzzer beaters, last second tying shots, you know, different things like that, or, you know tying shots with almost no time on the clock. It was was very exciting. So, we'll set the scene a little bit, because first off, late in the fourth quarter, this game seemed like it was just already in Mountain Crest's hands. With 29 seconds to go, Mountain Crest led by 6 points. 57-51. With 14 seconds, they led by 5. 59-54. But Green, Green Canyon got a layup. Uh, Isaac, and I'm going to butcher this last name, so I apologize. Philemo a. Hala, who had 28 points. Uh, Isaac gets a layup. Mountain Crest goes down on the other end. And then I'm going to play uh, what happens. So there are two free throws attempted by Mountain Crest. And I'm going to play for you the sound. That was on the broadcast last night. Cade Forrest and Terrell Baldwin were on the call on this one. So I'll go ahead and play this sound from last night's broadcast if it works.
0: Shooting two. Oh, it's there you go. The front iron. So 59 56 has to make this one if he wants to keep it a two possession game. It'll be interesting to see if they're just going to go with it or if they're going to try and get a timeout. If he makes this one, it doesn't matter. And this crowd is loud.
1: Just off, Mitch Larson with the rebound, takes it down. He's got to have a three ball. With one second, and he gets it! He gets it the entire game!
0: 59-59, we're going to
1: overtime. So yeah, Mitch Larson gets the rebound after back-to-back missed free throws from Mountain Crest. They were up by three, just one of those free throws makes it a four-point game and just about effectively ends it because there was only the four seconds. Like four point six seconds on the clock when those free throws were being taken, and Mitch Larson takes the rebound, goes about you know he took like an almost NBA length three pointer to tie that game. Absolutely clutch three pointer makes it fifty nine fifty nine at the end of regulation, and it was a buzzer beater. That was the end of over. That was the end of regulation right there. He. he, he he had just enough time to run down there, take a three, and he did that. So already, we've, you know, you've got to an exciting point of this game where buzzer beating three, send it to overtime, you get free basketball. And I was kind of following along. I had the stream up when I was at the Utah State game, the Logan Skyview stream. But I was also getting updates from Jake Ellis, who is sitting next to me, And he's the Mountain Crest play-by-play guy. So we had the Logan and Mountain Crest play-by-play guys following our respective teams. And he kept up to me, oh, it's going to overtime. I was like, then it's going to double overtime. And then, um, you know, the the eventual result. So I've I've already, well, I've already spoiled it anyway. But since I mentioned this game went to double overtime, because it obviously didn't end there. But in overtime, Green Canyon had a 69-66 lead. And there was, you know, again, not very much time on the clock. But then Mountain Crest comes down on their end, and here's another clip from that broadcast. Again, Cade Forrest, Terrell Baldwin uh, on the call. Makes it a three-point game with 13.8 left.
0: Ray Robbins on in the inbound. Gives it to Anderson. 11 seconds, 10 seconds. Anderson gives it in. Never caught. Shoots a Three. And he oh. gets it. Tie game. Four seconds. Three seconds. Two seconds. Hoffman going to chuck it. Yeah. And we're going to double
1: overtime. Tonight. Boy. So, yeah, double overtime. And Oliver Nethercott, who had 25 points in this one, he's been kind of an under-the-radar guy. Him and kind of Jared Anderson have been two very talented guys. And, of course, Isaac here, the, the 28 points, he's been under the radar because he's been doing well. But, again, Green Kane struggled a bit. But Nethercott, he's been going off. He had 20 points in his last game uh, last Thursday, had 25 in this one, and one of those, you know, three of those points came on a game-tying shot with there was, I think, after he hit it, there's like three, four seconds left on the clock. That's why Green Kane had a chance to, they went to like half court and then threw a heave, and it missed wildly, or at least I think it did. The camera actually didn't pan for that shot. But it was, it went into double overtime. And even at the end of double overtime, there was excitement. Because with uh, 14 seconds, Mountain Crest led by three, 76-73. Yeah, 76-73, and then, but Mountain Crest, I think there was another missed free throw, and so Green Canyon had a chance with one more half-court possession to try and tie this game up again. And so here's that clip. Kyron, over to Mitch. Larson goes left. Chucks it up. Oh. Just spins out. And the Mustangs get the rebound. And the the sound doesn't do it justice of what that, that last shot was because Mitch Larson, who had just made that super clutch three pointer at the end of regulation he gets the shot, and he's toughly guarded and he's having to put up a shot to get something, because there was only like when you know, he missed the shot and Mountaincrest got the rebound, there's like 1.6 seconds left so he had to get something off wasn't the greatest shot, but that ball and, and you heard Cade say it, it spins out that ball went halfway in the bucket but then it rolled around out, Mountaincrest got the rebound, they were fouled they hit two free throws Final score 78 73. One of the most exciting games of Region 11 so far. We've just barely gotten started. But we've had two very exciting games. And we'll have a huge game coming up tomorrow in Region 11 boys basketball play. Skyview's going to go to Ridgeline. Tomorrow, and that's going to be you know the first matchup between Skyview and Ridgeline. Skyview's looking like the runaway favorites. They're doing great. They're beating up on everybody, but you know Ridgeline, they're doing pretty well too. You know they only beat Bear River by five, and Skyview beat Bear River, I think, by double digits. But we'll see. It's going to be at Ridgeline. It's going to be a big game. We're going to see how that one goes. Uh, but other games, Logan uh, playing Green Canyon. And Mountain Crest going to Bear River. So it'll be uh It'll be a good day of basketball for boys' basketball tomorrow. Of course, there's games tonight with high school basketball. The girls' basketball teams are in action tonight and they're basically playing the same matchups, just flipped venues as the boys did. That's typically how region play will go, so Logan will be at Skyview. Logan strugglingly bet they're 1-12, Skyview 9-3. I believe Skyview is number two in the RPI right now. So that will certainly be a tough matchup. We'll see if Logan can make something of that. I'm certainly rooting for him. Mountain Crest at Green Canyon. This is a matchup of teams that have similar records, but I think Green Canyon's record doesn't quite show how good they've been. Uh, they did lose to Ridgeline in the first region game, struggled in that one. Green, Green Canyon eight and three, Mountain Crest seven and six. Some good players on both sides. Uh, Callie Jones, leave for Mountain Crest. Very capable of getting things going. She had a really dominant game against Logan in their opener, where she had like twelve points, sixteen rebounds, four blocks, something like that. I I I may be misremembering her stat line, but it was it was crazy. She had you know big double double, bunch of blocks, steals, assists, all that. Just absolute dominant game for her. Uh, the other game, Ridgeline at Bear River. Ridgeline undefeated, thirteen and zero, going up against Bear River, who's seven and four. Gracie Riley, who had a very impressive stat line in the last game. I think she had twenty three points, twelve rebounds, or something. that. I, I may be confusing everybody's stat lines with other people's, but Gracie Riley certainly having a good season. She's been a nominee for player of the week several times. Of course, Ridgeline's Emily Skinner is another player who's, she's won player of the week twice. She's the only two-time winner of player of the week in either football or basketball since we've been doing it. So certainly some good players matching up against each other in this Ridgeline-Bear River matchup. Of course, Ridgeline looking just completely unstoppable. But we'll see once they uh, go to Skyview, that'll be actually our Game of the Week, which we will broadcast on Friday when Ridgeline plays Skyview. I can't remember if it's if it's at Skyview or at Ridgeline. I think it's at Skyview. I'm going to double-check here. I believe it'll be at Skyview. Ridgeline at Skyview for our Girls Basketball Game of the Week. So we'll be broadcasting that on CashValleyDaily.com on Skyview's stream page. So you can look for that there to watch what will be one of the better high school matchups of the year. Number one versus number two in the RPI. And then, again, on uh, Thursday, we'll also have those. all of the boys' basketball streams. will have streams of every single one of those games. So we're going to take a quick break here. When we get back, we'll talk a little bit, little bit more about Utah State. We'll also get into the Utah Jazz. Trade rumors heating up, lots of trade proposals from Trade Machine Twitter and also just ESPN because they get in on the action. We'll talk about those. What kinds of trades are we looking at? What kinds of trades do I like? Or more importantly, what kinds of trades do we think Danny Ainge likes? So we'll get into that coming up next on 106.9 The Fan.
0: 750- 05151. It's never too late or too cold to get rid of that old vehicle. Now is the time to earn extra cash by calling DD Auto & Salvage. Let them pay you for that junk vehicle.
1: DD Auto & Salvage makes it so easy and fast to get rid of your junker vehicles by paying you the most money possible. Pickup is available. If you have metal, DD Auto and & Salvage and Logan wants to pay you today. Call 787-1204. That's
0: 787-1204 today.
1: See store for details. There is no better time than the present to make your health your priority. This is Dan at the Sports Academy. Whether you want to get back into shape, increase your lean muscle, or just create lifelong healthy habits, the Sports Academy will help you achieve your health and fitness goals. Our certified instructors, trainers, and Pilates coaches have the tools to help you reach the next level in fitness. Make your health a top priority at the Sports Academy. Your club, your results, your life. They say diamonds are a girl's best friend, particularly when she's thinking of marriage. When it comes to this important decision, visit Needham Jewelers and historic Dantan Logan. We have been the part of thousands of happy engagements. You'll enjoy our vast selection of
0: beautiful and unique engagement rings. You'll also enjoy our relaxed and elegant environment. You'll not be hurried and you'll feel no pressure as you have fun looking for the perfect ring. Where Utah gets engaged, Needham Jewelers, middle of the block at the sign of the clock.
1: Alpine Home Medical has been around for over 25 years. Can you believe that? Hi, I'm Jay Broadbent. What keeps us coming to work every day? We're passionate about caring for you. From home and bathroom safety to transportation, mobility, recovery, oxygen, sleep, and more, come into any of our 10 locations today and let us take care of you.
0: Alpine Home Medical, we bring wellness home.
1: Visit us at alpinehomemedical.com.
0: This is Logan City Police Chief Gary Jensen. Scammers are continuing to target people in the Cache Valley. Fraudsters often threaten with arrest. Withholding medical care for loved ones, or offered to sell or purchase items at discounted or inflated prices. Many of these scams often involve third party gift cards or other money exchanging services. If you receive an offer or are threatened like this with immediate punishment unless you comply, hang up and call the police to report it. Please do not become a victim. They never could play it, but they sure can talk about it. Eric Franson and Jason Walker on the Full Court Press.
1: And we're back on the full court press. Jason Walker with you here. Some more news from the transfer portal breaking during the show. Philip Pae, defensive lineman for Utah State, he tweeted out that he is entering the portal. He's got two years of eligibility. He was injured during the season for much of it. He only played in three games, was a rotation guy. For those games, played against UConn at Alabama and was injured during the Weber State game. He had a couple of tackles, you know, defensive tackle, not going to get too many actual tackles, but he had a couple of them. He also had the one interception. And that was uh, obviously his, you know, highlight real play of the season. He did play plenty of snaps the year before, played about 300 snaps in 2021, was a contributor on that team, or a rotation guy, not necessarily a starter, but a rotation guy. Had 14 tackles, two for loss, in Utah State's Mountain West championship season. That puts Utah State at seven defensive tackles or defensive linemen that have now transferred. And I'll read a text really quick because uh, five six six two texted in, said, with the transfer portal window closing today for college football, anybody know what's going on in the Aggie D-line room? Nobody's left. Who said what? Who offended who? And me and Eric have talked about this. We've both heard rumors. You know, things coming out of the Utah State uh, locker room, but nothing that can really be substantiated. There are just rumors And there are things that are probably, you know, over on Twitter as well. It's just that there's smoke. There's something there. Can't deny that something is going wrong in the defensive line room because most of the transfers Utah State has had have been defensive linemen. Again, seven of them. Not all of them have been rotation guys. You have Addison Trump and Orion Peoples. Who between the two of them played a combined 13 snaps, but then you have five others who are all rotation defensive linemen, inclu- including the, you know, you know the, the your, basically your three big pass rushers. The biggest strength of this team was the three great pass rushers they had the defensive ends Byron Vons, Daniel Grishick, and Patrick Joyner. These are guys that combined for, I think I did the math, I have it on my transfer tracker. Those three guys combined for 130 tackles, 13.5 sacks, and 22.5 tackles for loss. You know, that's most of your production in terms of tackles for loss and sacks, and they're all gone. Tavian Coleman, another defensive line rotation guy. He's gone. Mentioned Philip Pae. You know, he didn't play a ton this year, but he was, when healthy, a rotation guy, a guy who could play 30, 40 snaps a game. You know, about half your defensive snaps, rotating in and out. Tavian Coleman was basically that same. He was the guy that, you know, largely jumped in for Pae in terms of filling his snaps, but could have returned and continued to be a big part and have experience. You basically have Hale Motuapawaka and that's it. Everyone else is new. And who's, who knows, maybe Hale will leave. But the Aggies, at one point, were returning a potentially very experienced, potentially very good defensive line in front seven. Now they got nothing. Aside from Hale. You know, he'll come back, he'll be good. But everyone else is new. Everyone else is going to have to come in and learn the system. Everyone else is going to be somebody who hasn't played very many snaps. And it's frustrating that something inside the defensive line locker room, the defensive line room, something happened that made everyone want to leave. Because this isn't an exodus from the entire team. Pretty much every other position group is pretty much staying intact. The only other, let's see, I'm going to see if there's any other actual impactful guys transferring away from the team. Is Waylon Lapuahoe. That's like the only other guy that you're really upset about leaving, and he's a dude. he wanted to go play for BYU. like that. There's nothing you could do there. He wanted to go get paid get paid by the collective of BYU, go play for a team that he you know grew up closer to. So he's going to go play for BYU. Other than that, it's guys who weren't get playing time like John Gentry, Ron Tiavasu. Of course, DeVos, I know. Mean, he was kind of getting playing time, but not a ton. But just all these other guys, you know, Xavier Williams, these are guys that they're, they're transferring, but they're transferring because they weren't getting time. But the entire defensive line is just gone. You don't have anything left except for the one veteran guy. You've got to fill, like, seven spots in your defensive line rotation now. It's absurd. It's absolutely absurd absurd. 9315, coming in on the text chat, said, why would you wait so long to put your name in the portal? Why this late? Unfortunately, I can't answer that. I haven't talked to too many people, you know, their thoughts of going in the portal. There's times where people go in and sometimes they change their mind. Devin Tompkins changed his mind. So sometimes these guys are really mulling it over for a long time. Maybe they're focused on something else during the early part of the transfer portal. Or maybe they're this late in the transfer portal and somebody comes to them and says, hey, you know, they're not supposed to be reached out to by other teams, but they can say, hey, look, we'll pay you. NIL, or you'll get a better role with us. Then they enter the portal and like a day later, they've committed to somebody. That was kind of Wayland. Waylon was in the transfer portal an hour later. An hour after he announced he was in the transfer portal. Literally one hour, 60 minutes and he'd gotten an offer from BYU and a day later he committed. So, yeah. Tells you how things tend to go uh in the transfer portal. 9 through 5 also Texans said I thought we had an amazing defense coach who would not want to be with him. I don't know if the rumors are specifically about Gary or Gary Blake Anderson. It it I think it boils down to more what's in the defensive line locker room specifically. But again, there's nothing that can be substantiated. We can only say there's a lot of smoke, so we assume there's fire. I don't know if that means anybody's going to get fired, but clearly there's not being any changes right now in the coaching staff. So if it is something with the coaching staff, then this is just a loss they're going to have to tank, and they're just going to have to deal with it. And hope that it's not a systemic thing. Maybe it's just the coach these players disagreed with the coaching staff and where it was going. And hopefully the new batch of players, because you know, you don't want to fire guys just over one class of players. Because just because the players disagree with the coaches doesn't mean that the coaches are wrong. Doesn't mean the players are wrong. Just means that there's something going on between the players or the university or the coaches or something. Again, I don't know if it's the players versus the coaches. It might be the players just collectively not liking it here. The players, it it might be nothing between them and the players. It could just be the players having better opportunities because we're seeing basically all these guys getting better opportunities. There's a number of reasons why this could be happening, and I don't know why if it's specifically happening with only the defensive line. That'd be quite the coincidence, but still. The defensive line was where a lot of the returning talent was, so of course that would be where transferring, you know, poaching could happen. That's where a lot of the experience was. So we'll see how that goes. A lot of transfers happening for Utah State, the latest hit happening. So I'm going to take another quick break. We're going to take a, I know I said we're going to get to the jazz, but the transfer talk kind of derailed that for a second. But we're going to take a break. Now we're going to get back to some jazz talk. Trade rumors. Jazz playing the Clippers tonight at 7 o'clock. You can hear that here on 106.9 The Fan. And we'll have that coming up next here on The Fan.
0: Cash Valley Ear, Nose and Throat is locally owned and operated inside the beautiful new Three Peaks Medical Plaza in North Logan. Expect the most cutting-edge techniques, qualified doctors, and friendly staff to ensure the highest quality patient care. The ENT providers have extensive training to properly treat ear, nose and throat conditions for adults and children. Cash Valley Ear, Nose and Throat serves all of Northern Utah and Southern Idaho, accepting most insurance products including SelectMed. Go to cashvalleyent.com for appointments and details. Cash Valley Ear, Nose and Throat located in North Logan and Providence.
1: Nothing compares to the warmth and feel that a wood stove provides. The two-time Best of Northern Utah winning team says there's never been
0: a better time to replace your old inefficient wood stove and install a new energy-efficient EPA-certified Vermont casting wood product in your home. The U.S. government is offering federal tax credits of 26% on your wood stove install. For Vermont casting units, that includes stoves, venting, and labor. Call or email Advanced Fireplace and Stove for a free in-home estimate. Call
1: 435-752-7272 or go to advancedfireplaceandstove.com. As a small business, achieving your financial goals and ambitions can be a steep and rocky mountain to climb. This is Brett Green, President of Cash Valley Bank. To conquer this mountain and achieve your goals, it takes planning, hard work, and discipline. At Cash Valley Bank, we have the resources, expertise, and flexibility to help you scale your way to success. Give us a call. Let's work together and climb the mountains that await. Cash Valley Bank, member FDIC.
0: Welcome to the new year and happy winter driving. As the weather outside gets colder, it's more important than ever to have a reliable vehicle to get you around safely. That's where Murdoch Volkswagen comes in with the drive at home sales event. Right now, receive 3.9% for three years on Volkswagen's award-winning SUV lineup. When you walk through our doors, you feel like family at Murdoch, Volkswagen, and Logan or online at murdochvw.com. Call 866-628-3065 or see dealer for complete details. Offer expires one thirty one twenty three. 23 This is The Herd. Attention listeners. With Colin Cowherd. So the Sean McVay story is very interesting. I want to step back and have a life. I think McVay feels at times a little underappreciated. He saved the quarterback. He saved the franchise. It was a boring, unwatchable mess. And I think he wants a little more power, a little more say in personnel. This is The Herd. Weekdays from 10 to 1 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. St. Joseph's Indian School is much more than a school for Native American children. It's like a family. Classes are fun here. I am learning about my culture. Since 1927, St. Joseph's Indian School has provided children the education, health care, and support they need to succeed. To help give our kids brighter futures, learn more at stjo.org today. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan.
1: Jason Mark with you here on the Full Court Press. Just got through talking about the latest transfer from Utah State's defensive line room. Philip Paye leaving, and of course, a very nice telling tweet from Patrick Joyner Jr., who's another Aggie that went into the transfer portal. Joyner quote tweeted Philip Paye's tweet mentioning he's going to the transfer portal, and Joyner's quote tweet says, Get paid, brother. So, yeah, NIL playing a factor in players leaving Utah State, and that's something that is going to, you know, I thought transfers could potentially level the playing field, allowing transfers from P5 schools to go to uh, smaller schools, but there wouldn't be a ton of incentive for players to move up, obviously, if they're trying to raise their NFL draft prospects, but still, you can have good, uh, NFL prospects, even at a smaller school, it's, it's not that big of a deal. But with NIL and collectives, it's bas- it basically means any good G5 player is going to have a big incentive to move up to the bigger schools that have bigger NIL collectives, have bigger budgets and all that. And unless you limit... It's going to keep going on until you limit transfers and say you cannot transfer except under these circumstances. It will keep happening. Utah State will keep losing its best players to the portal, and it will just happen over and over and over again. If you want to chime in on the text line, 435-339-0321. Uh, nine through one five, with another text come in said, "Do we know how many scholarships USU football has now to offer?" I have not done that calculation, and <laughs> unfortunately, I can't uh, do that at the moment. But since the transfer portal opened, they've gone from like eight or nine people hitting the transfer portal to like twenty, so they've got a few extra scholarships to offer now, and so they'll be searching the transfer portal bringing in guys from the portal and then adding more guys from just the full signing period so or the you know the full recruiting class I should say 9 through one 5 of the Nittex said just need to make a rule that the first time you transfer schools you can do NIL so that means like if you transfer once you can do you can keep NIL but the second time you can't i guess Seems to be what 9 one 5 is implying. And I'll, I'll be honest, I like my idea the best. Of course, I would like my idea the best. That's why I came up with it. But and I'm pretty sure I've said on air at some point, but I'll assume most of you haven't heard it. Basically, it's a, you can transfer before the start of your sophomore eligibility. So after, if you come in and you redshirt as a freshman, you can transfer after your redshirt year. Or you can transfer after your redshirt freshman season. So anytime in the first two seasons, if you redshirt. But once you hit sophomore, you cannot transfer. Unless your head coach or like offensive coordinator, like you could maybe try and like figure out exactly, okay, is it offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, or just head coach to leaves, you know, leaves. Basically, it's a you know, you can transfer if you, know, if you go in your red shirt and then red shirt freshman season, it's not what you thought it was, you know, back out early from your commitment. Because I didn't get what I was sold in the recruiting process. Give him that option. And then, you know, once you're a sophomore, you're committed to the team. But if, you know, like a head coach, or again, you could toy with whether or not it would, you know, offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator could trigger this. But, you know, basically the guy who recruited you, if he leaves, then okay, you can leave too. And that's basically my thing, is it incentivizes people to stay. It gives you an out for circumstances where I think it would be fair for them to have an out. If your coach leaves, you should, you know, and the coach backs out of his commitment to the university, don't force the athletes who then didn't commit to the new head coach to stay. So that's basically my idea. And and 9 through 5 says, uh, I like it, Jason. I think he's referring to to my idea. And so that's an idea I'd like to see you know, implemented, you know, sit out a year for transfer portal. If you're just wanting to go somewhere, you're doing it completely for, you know, your selfless purposes, you're backing out of a commitment, you know, let them go if they want, but there is, you know, disincentivizing aspects to it to avoid having players just always chasing money, have G5 teams always get, you know, messed over by this happening. 799 forces says, transfer portal equals constant unregulated free agency. How about the new school has to compensate the old school? I think there's some aspect of that. Well, maybe. There's something to do with, I know Eric's looking at this, and he's brought this up where there's stuff about financial aid. But, you know, some compensation. Again, my thing is just remove some of the incentive or have a mild disincentive. Because I don't want this to be too complicated to where, you know, okay, I have to pay you this or make you ineligible for NIL. Those could work because they're functioning by the same principle. There's also kind of along the lines of 7994, maybe make a cap or something. There's different things you could do where you try and remove the incentive. You know, for me, mine is remove the incentive of you can't transfer, like you physically can't transfer or... You have to sit out a year. That's kind of my path that I'm going for. I don't know if that would actually work because ideas only work inside your head usually until they're tried out. The other option, though, is to remove NIL from the equation. If you removed NIL from transfers, that removes an incentive to transfer. That one I'm less in favor of, and I'm less in favor of schools having to compensate because then we're passing around money that... You pass around in weird ways... Where you know, for one you're just saying, okay, you can't have transfer money or you can't have NIL money. Then you're just removing you know, I I, I don't like the idea of telling an athlete they can't have NIL, because that kind of removes the purpose of NIL. Another thing would just be get rid of these stupid collectives, but they're probably here to stay. And then as far as schools compensating each other for transfers, I don't know, that, that opens up a can of worms where <laughs> players moving down, like from P5 to G5, do P5 teams get compensated for that? Because then that may end up just evening out. So it's it's tricky. And you could, honestly, if you thought about it, you could probably take apart my idea too. I, I don't mean to put you guys' ideas down. I just say I like my idea better. <laughs> but we don't know if my idea would work. You'd have to put it into practice because we thought NIL would work and then there were things we didn't see, things we didn't expect happen. That's the problem, is we have these great ideas. What if we allowed just athletes to benefit from their name, image, and likeness? We don't have to pay them a salary, but they can make money off of uh, their value. And then we had all this, and it's created a a mess. So 9-1-5 says, need to ask Blake what he thinks of your ideas. Maybe. I, I don't like uh, proposing my ideas to coaches. Because usually they give bland answers, and they, they, they're basically not allowed by virtue of, you know, they're basically constantly recruiting, so they always have to watch their tongue to risk being blasted in the media and have recruits see it. But he basically always has to say, oh, I'm in favor, favor of players being able to do what they want, players getting paid, and yada, yada, yada. I have a feeling he'd probably like my proposal to some degree because it gives him more power. Coaches and administrators and also fans would like that because it gives them more powers, and players would hit it because it gives them less power. Um, 7994 sitting out a year was the old model. And and yeah, it was it was the old model, and that disincentivized transferring. It didn't completely eliminate it, didn't completely eliminate it, excuse me. But it provided some disincentive to transfer it won't keep people completely from transferring but the point is is to curb it a little bit and so that aspect of the old model again it's it's altering it a little bit where i say let them transfer in redshirt or a redshirt freshman season if things aren't working out or if the coaches leave remove that one year wait and then any other time maybe you could also throw in you can be a graduate transfer I have no problem with that either because by then you have you've fulfilled your commitment so you can do graduate transfer. Basically, that that would give you three opportunities to transfer during your collegiate career without penalty. But they're at points that make sense. Early when maybe you decide to back up because you, you didn't like what you were sold. And then if your coach leaves, you're not getting what you were sold, you know, playing four years under this coach. And then graduate transfer, you've fulfilled your commitment and then you can transfer if you want. 8968 eight says, I agree with you on transfers, but where's, where there's a rule, there's a way to cheat. And yep, like, like I said, I have my idea. I think it's a good idea. But there is definitely something that I would be overlooking or something where somebody can find a loophole or something that would somehow make my idea terrible. Thankfully, I'm you know, humble enough to recognize that even as much as I love my idea and have put down some of your ideas there's probably something wrong with it. And one of you could probably find that. Or just recognize that even if you guys can't think up of one, there's something out there, like 8968 8 is saying, like, where maybe I haven't thought of the, the problem with my idea, but there's probably one out there. And that's the thing, is that we can come up with so many different good ideas. You know, we've not really come up with any bad ideas. You know, 7994, 9315, those, those ideas were, you know, there's aspects of that that work because you're targeting certain parts we're saying, let's remove some of the incentive or provide a disincentive for schools or players. But it's hard because then you're dealing with, okay, what about player agency? You know, we want to have players have the agency to choose. My idea removes some of that. It removes player agency. It gives them some, but it removes some. You know, others you're saying we're removing potentially NIL, which goes against the principle we were saying athletes were getting ripped off by the system, by not being able to make money. But if we put caps on NIL and different things like that, if there's some theoretical salary cap or NIL cap, whatever you want to call it, then that would, you know, infringe, so to speak, on the principle of players getting NIL. And so there's not really a perfect solution to all this. And that's what is kind of frustrating because we're seeing college football being, you know, slowly, um you know, corporatized or just falling into this, you know, money is everything and NIL is everything and players chasing money and coaches chasing money and schools chasing money, it's just becoming a mess. And it feels like there's nothing we can do about it. 7994 says they want compensating picks. How can we make that work? Uh, Scholarships, I don't know, Tell basically make picks scholarships. Except oh, that kind of already is it. Maybe if you get a transfer, it costs more scholarships. I don't know. Make some kind of intangible currency out of that you use for transfers and recruits or something like that. I don't know. Throwing out ideas. That's, that's maybe some way you could try and make that work. Well, we're going to take a break. We've got one more break to fit in here before we get to the end of the show. So we'll come back. Here on 106.9 The Fan, we'll wrap up the show.
0: Al Sporting Goods just launched the boat. A boatload of over 10,000 pairs of gloves and hundreds of other winter items at closeout prices. It's the annual boatload of gloves extravaganza. Thousands of gloves from Burton, DeKine, Gordini and Scott at least 50% off. All remaining winter skis, boards, boots, bindings at least 30% off. All winter jackets from the North Face, Columbia and Boulder gear save 30%. Winter helmets from Giro, Scott and Smith 30% off. Clearance pricing on all fitness equipment. Every treadmill, elliptical and recumbent bike is at blowout prices. At Al Sporting Goods, every sport every season let's talk about getting your car registered what a pain with registration and emissions it takes hours valvoline instant oil change in logan across from angie's will take that pain away stop in to get your oil changed and have the emissions test done then re-register your car it's that easy all in one stop the best thing you can stay in your car while their train pros service your vehicle valvoline instant oil change 695 north main open seven days a week Cubex has extended their biggest special ever. Become a Cubex member and get your first two months for free. Then pay only $15 per month with no contract. You'll also receive the Cubex Nutritional Guide ebook for free. A $30 value. Work out at Cubex with their virtual trainers in private in a sanitized environment with no concerns, distractions, or comparisons. Achieve your goals at Cubex Fitness in Logan. This offer ends January 28th. $75 cancellation fee at time of cancellation. It's cold outside, but you can keep warm inside with a quality-built, super-efficient York furnace. Count on a furnace from York because it's backed by the strongest warranties available. It's just another way we install confidence. Call Advanced Heating and Air Conditioning, your local York dealer, at 752-7272. Online at advancedheating-ac.com. York, install confidence. We're not comfortable until you are Advanced Heating and Air. The Aggies, the Jazz, the High Schools, the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390
1: AM, The Fan. Hello, final segment here on the Full Court Press. Kind of got derailed because I wanted to talk about the Jazz... Trade rumors, I'll probably end up pushing that to tomorrow. So I'm sorry for those of you who are looking forward to Jazz trade rumor talk, but we'll do that tomorrow. I may be doing the show solo tomorrow if Eric's cough has gotten better or not. I'm sure he's he's uh, working on remedies. Different things to get back to full strength because he's, he's feeling all right. But his voice isn't, and uh, you may or may not notice, but voice is important. You got to have it. For this, you can get away with an office job. I can get away with like 90% of my job without my voice, but I do need it for this show, and so does Eric. Well, we got a couple of texts. Uh, We've been talking about transfers, potential solutions to the issue with NIL kind of hurting Utah State in terms of players having a free transfer to just transfer up and get paid. Like seven different defensive linemen, probably like five defensive linemen and an offensive lineman. Utah State have gone and done, gone moved up, and are getting paid. Eight nine six eight texting in says, as far as paying for athletes goes, that's been going on since there's been Coliseum football. Yeah, the thing is though is it didn't feel like you know because it wasn't public and and with you know with transfers, I don't think there was paying recruits when they're transferring. You know, it feels like now with NIL and with these free transfers that combined. We've had peop- he- people paying athletes, and we've had transfers for the longest time. Granted, there was a disincentive to transfer, and the you know the, the payment was usually just going to to high school recruits, as far as I could tell. Now that we have the free transfers and the the public, you know, basically the allowed paying pay for play, combine those together, and it's kind of resulted in this mess them being allowed basically more often transfers and paying athletes has uh it's a bad combination. Nine three one five says uh for some reason it feels like transfer is happening way more in football or is it showing up in uh, in the media for football than basketball and other sports. Basically, if it's happening more in football, I think it happens more in football because there's more players. It happens a ton in basketball, too, though. In terms of, like, number of players happens more in football because there are more players. I think relative to roster size, it happens, like, because Utah State and all these teams are rolling, like, the women's basketball team had, like, 13 new players. Utah State had several, you know, four or five new players. About the same proportion of roster that Utah State will have that are new players. So it's happening in basketball, too, and players are all moving up. They want to move up. It happens as much in basketball, I would say, as it does in football. But that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening to the Full Court Press. I've been Jason Walker. We'll talk to you tomorrow.